Hello and welcome to That One Case, the podcast where lawyers share stories of the cases that influence their careers. My guest today is Joanne Erickson, owner of an attorney at the Erickson Law Firm in Houston, Texas. Joanne is a commercial litigator who prides herself on her ability to advocate fiercely for her clients in matters of contracts, trademarks, employment and collections. She started her own practice in 2010, so could escape the big firm mindset of prioritizing billable hours and instead focuses on her clients' best interests. And on today's show, Joanne shares with us a couple of stories uh, illustrating why it's not always bad to be the little guy and why seeking resolutions outside of trials is sometimes better for both parties. I have my own practice. I'd worked at other firms for um, several years and decided that I didn't like the way they um, practice law because it was all about the billable hours and not about what's in the best interest of the client. So I went out on my own about 11 years ago and a lot of people would say, um, oh, you're small potatoes. You know, I want a big firm that charges me a thousand dollars an hour because they think you're going to get better legal representation but because i'm a fierce advocate i can take anything on i can take on the big firms that doesn't scare me and so i had a case where we took on we i got a judgment against the government of iraq so me small potatoes joanne erickson um, fierce advocate. I, I got a judgment against the government of Iraq. I think that that's, you know, if that's not going to scare you, <laughs> so that that's my quick fierce advocate story. Wow. How, how was that case? Did it was, did that, was that a long one? Was it a sort of, you know, was this a big case? Well, actually it had already gotten an arbitration award on that. I wasn't involved in that, you know, the day to day fighting of that. But the attorney that was involved in that could not collect on the judgment. And it was really a case of me not being afraid of doing that, not having to worry about, um, you know, the optics of a big firm doing that and political ramifications. I was just, you know, that's David and Goliath and I, me and my little slingshot, uh, one stone to the forehead and we, we got the judgment. It, was, it, was, it wasn't that difficult other than you want me to do what? <laughs> and like, okay, let's do it. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, right. Very cool indeed. Very cool. Is there is there any um, any case you sort of mentioned your your sort of uh, your preference for for kind of business decisions, business law? Is there any kind of one case you think early in your career that really solidified that sort of uh, thinking for you? Um, not really, because I had worked as a legal secretary and a paralegal before I went to law school. So I had some exposure to other areas of law and always wanted to do litigation. Um, and again, just knew that that's what I'm suited for. Um, that, you know, let's make a business decision. I don't want to hear about Aunt Sally and grandma's feelings are going to be hurt. That's just, you know, that's just not how I am. So that was, I went in kind of with my eyes wide open of what I wanted to do and what I was best suited for because of my prior experience. You know, when you make that decision later on in your career uh, or, or life, I guess, so you were in your thirties in your case, I think um, you can make much more an informed decision. I think quite often it's easy for us, you know, when it, earlier on in our decisions to kind of set ourselves on a path and kind of not really be that informed about the choices we're making. Yeah, I mean, that, I think it really made a difference 
for me because I always wanted to go to law school. Um, but I had some uh, several man-related distractions in my 20s, which prevented me from going to law school. Um, and so, but I had so I had work experience. I had worked at law firms, and I really found that that served me well because I knew how to act in an office. I knew how to dress and and talk to people, and I had that maturity. And I, in fact, when um, when I started practicing law, one of the attorneys that I worked for. He said, I keep forgetting that you're a baby attorney because, you know, you know how to act and you know how to talk to people. And as a result, I got much better cases than associates that had the same level of experience because I had that work experience and, you know, made a difference. Uh, you know, one of my professors in law school initially said I was going to have a problem because I was an older woman um, in the environment, but she was completely wrong. And it's, it's been an asset. I'm sure it has. Yeah, absolutely. Completely can can see that. Um, wonderful. Were there any other kind of stories that stick out to you that you'd like to like to share? Well, one that I wanted to um, to share was when I first started my own practice. Um, I had, like I said earlier, I had um, was unhappy with the general law firm model of it's all about billables that, you know, my practice is let's do the right thing. My tagline is changing people's perception of lawyers one case at a time. So when I first went out on my own, I had left a, a small firm and a couple of the clients came with me. And uh, so this is basically my first month out on my own. And this client, it, we had a case that was getting ready to go to trial. Um, and there was a parallel case to it that another firm handled. And it, it, it had gone to trial maybe about a month before I took, I got involved in the other case. And they ended up spending probably $250,000 in legal fees. And, and they lost, and um, they were, this whole case went on for about four years. The case that I handled for the same client, which was the same issues, because of the way my philosophy and how I handle cases, I, we were getting ready to go to trial, but I said, I'm an advocate of settlement. You know, trial is very risky. I kept keeping those channels of communications open. And um, about two weeks before we were getting ready to go to trial, because of my advocacy, we settled the case. Um, my client actually got money rather than losing and, and having a whole bunch of attorney's fees in, in a trial that they lost. And from start to finish, it was uh, resolved in less than a year. So I consider that a big success story. And the client said, they like, we've never had anybody advocate for us for what was best for us. The other attorney was all about the billable, you know, the billable hours. And I considered that um, really one of my proudest moments of practicing law because they, they understood what I was doing. They appreciated what I was doing. And yes, the billables getting ready for trial would have been fantastic. I had to, you know, I was planning a vacation for Italy if we were going to go to trial because I would have so many billables. But, you know, okay, I didn't get to go to Italy that year, but my client got to sleep at night, go back to business. And um, that's the best feeling in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's much, not, not just kind of a transactional thing, but really just actually trying to do the, the best for your client. Right. I mean, that's what, that's what 
we should be doing as lawyers, in my opinion. Do you do you uh, do you enjoy the courtroom? Do you enjoy that side of the work outside of the advocacy piece? I really do. I love I love being court. I don't really enjoy trial um, because there's you know what well, court is uncertain as well. But there's it's just magic. It's very much um, you know it's a modified uh, civilized version of being a gladiator. You know you're making your arguments. You do your best to prepare. The adrenaline is flowing. Um, the opposing counsel makes an argument and you're like, you already had anticipated that. So you've got this great case. And then sometimes they say something, you're like, Oh, you know, I wasn't anticipating that. And I'm really good on my feet. It's just like, it's amazing that the stuff I come up with, you know, I'm like, I surprised myself. I'm like, where did that come from? Um, and you know, it, that part is really fun. It's stressful, but I love it. And um, it's great stories afterwards. But, um, but you know, I always temper that with, well, the more I'm in court, the more expensive it is for the client. And, it, you know, it's necessary sometimes, but sometimes you can just get things resolved with, with uh, discussions or a mediation. But I do love court. It is magic and it's wonderful. And, um, and I'm a badass in court and I love it. There is no part of me that doubts that Joanne is a force to be reckoned with in the courts, and I think that's due in no small part to her laser-like focus on doing what's best for her clients. My thanks to Joanne for sharing her story with us today. If you want to find out more about Joanne and Ericsson Law Firm, you can find all the links in the show notes over at thatonecase.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please do share it with someone you think would also find it interesting. All the details on how to follow the show are at thatonecase.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you again next time as Juliet Huck tells us the story of that one case.